Chapter Three of Among the Great Masters of the Drama. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Among the Great Masters of the Drama by Walter Rowland. Voltaire every form of composition must be judged in its own order and the order in which voltaire chose to work was the french classic it is no infidelity to the glorious and incomparable genius of shakespeare to admit that there is in these limits of construction concentration and regularity and in these two contemned alexandrines a just and swelling cadence that confer a high degree of pleasure of the highest kind john morley like the two great men of whom i have written in the foregoing chapters voltaire was both dramatist and actor we know that he enacted with great acceptance the part of cicero in his own tragedy of rome sauve at paris in seventeen forty nine before an audience which included many notables d'alembert diderot marmontel and other distinguished writers and again later before the court of berlin where with princes and princesses as fellow actors he also assumed the character of lusignan the aged christian martyr in zaire yes says carlyle and was manager and general stage king and contriver being expert at this if at anything excellent in acting say the witnesses superlative for certain as preceptor of the art some rather neat bits of stage business so to say may be discerned in voltaire's conduct during the famous episode of his detention at frankfurt by order of frederick the great subsequent to the poet's last interview with that monarch at potsdam in the march of seventeen fifty three let us hear carlyle again the essence of the story is briefly this voltaire by his fine deportment in parting with frederick had been allowed to retain his decorations his letter of agreement his royal book of poesies one of those twelve copies printed au donjon de chateau in happier times and in short to go his ways as a friend not as a runaway or one dismissed but now by his late procedures at leipzig and firings out of potholes in that manner he had awakened friedrich's indignation again friedrich's regret at allowing him to take those articles with him and produced a resolution in friedrich to have them back they are not generally articles of much moment but as marks of friendship they are now all falsities one of the articles might be of frightful importance that book of poesies thrice private oeuvre de poesie in which are satirical spurts affecting more than one crowned one shudders to think what fires a spiteful voltaire might cause by publishing these this was frederick's idea and by no means a chimerical one as the fact proved 
said oeuvre being actually reprinted upon him at paris afterwards not by voltaire in the crisis of the seven years war to put him out with his uncle of england whom he quizzed in passages we will have these articles back thinks frederick that oeuvre most especially no difficulty wait for him at frankfurt as he passes home demand them from him there and has directly on those new firings through portholes at leipzig bidden friedersdorf take measures accordingly friedersdorf did so early in april and onward had his official person waiting at frankfurt one freytag our prussian resident there very celebrated ever since vigilant in the extreme for voltaire's arrival and who did not miss that event voltaire arriving at last may the thirty first did with freytag's hand laid gently on his sleeve at once give up what of the articles he had about him the oeuvre unluckily not one of them and agreed to be under mild arrest parole d'honneur in the lion d'or hotel here till said oeuvre should come up under Fredersdorf guidance all this and what follows king friedrich after the general order given had nothing more to do with it and was gone upon his reviews in the course of two weeks or more the oeuvre de poesie did come voltaire was impatient to go and he might perhaps have at once gone had freytag been clearly instructed so as to know the essential from the unessential here but he was not poor subaltern whom freytag had to say on voltaire's urgencies i will at once report to berlin if the answer be as we hope all right you are at that moment at liberty this a thing unexpected astonishing to voltaire the thing demanding patience silence in three days more with silence as it turns out it would have been all beautifully over but he was not strong in those qualities voltaire's arrest hitherto had been merely on his word of honour i promise on my honour not to go beyond the garden of this inn but he now without warning anybody privately revoked said word of honour and collini and he next morning having laid their plan striving to think it fair in the circumstances walk out from the leon door voltaire in black velvet coat with their valuablest effects la pucelle and money-box included leaving madame denis to wait the disimprisonment of oeuvre de poesie and wind up the general business walk out very gingerly duck into a hackney coach and attempt to escape by the mainz gate freytag's spy runs breathless with the news never was a freytag in such taking terrified freytag had to throw on his coat order out three men to gallop by various routes jump into some excellency's coach kind excellency lent it which is luckily standing yoked nearby and shoot with the velocity of life and death towards mainz gate 
Voltaire, whom the well-affected porters, suspecting something had rather been retarding, is still there, arrested in the king's name, and there is such a scene. For Freytag, too, is now raging, ignited by such percussion of the terrors, and speaks not like what they call a learned sergeant, but like a drill sergeant in the heat of battle. Voltaire's tongue also, and Coligny's, your excellence never heard such brazen-faced lies thrown on a man that i had offered for a thousand thalers to let them go that i had in short the thing had caught fire broken into flaming chaos come again freytag to give one snatch from Kalini's side got into the carriage along with us and led us by this way across the mob of people to schmidt's to see what was to be done with us sentries were put at the gate to keep out the mob we were led into a kind of counting-room clerk maid and man-servants are about madame schmidt passes before Voltaire with a disdainful air to listen to freytag recounting in the tone not of a learned sergeant what the matter is they seize our effects under violent protest worse than vain Voltaire demands to have at least his snuff-box, cannot do without snuff, they answer. It is usual to take everything. Not for two hours had they done with their writings and arrangings. Our portfolios and cassette money-box were thrown into an empty trunk, what else could they be thrown into, which was locked with a padlock and sealed with a paper, Voltaire's arms on the one end and Schmidt's cipher on the other, Dorn, Freytag's clerk, was bidden lead us away. Sign of the book, or Billy Goat, there henceforth, Leon Dor refusing to be concerned with us further. Twelve soldiers, Madame Denis with curtains of bayonets, and other well-known fragrances. The 7th of July, Voltaire did actually go, and then in an extreme hurry, by his own blame again. These final passages we touch only in the lump, Voltaire's own narrative of these being so copious, flamingly impressive, and still known to everybody. How much better for Voltaire and us had nobody ever known it, had it never been written, had the poor hubbub no better than a chance street riot, all of it, after amusing old Frankfurt for a while, been left to drop into the gutters forever to voltaire and various others me and my poor readers included that was the desirable thing had there but been among one's resources a little patience and practical candour instead of all the vituperative eloquence and power of tragic comic description nay in that case this wretched street riot hubbub needs not have been at all truly monsieur de voltaire had a talent for speech but lamentably wanted that of silence john morley remarks that it would need the singer of the battle of the frogs and mice to do justice to this five weeks tragi-comedy but monsieur giraudet has well imagined for us one aspect of it the arrest Jules Giraudet, born in Paris in 1856, and one of a family of artists, has been the recipient of numerous honours. Among his best works may be named Episode in the Siege of Saragossa, 
the rout of Cholet, 1793, the defeated army of General Escure passing the Loire, and trying on the crown, the last-named picture representing an episode in the life of Napoleon and Josephine. End of chapter 3